Napa know-how. When you purchase a set of Napa brake pads and rotors, you get a discount code from Fanatics.com worth up to $50 towards your favorite sports gear. While Napa can't help your team reach the promised land, we can help make sure your car will because these brakes come with something no sports team does. Guaranteed performance. Great brakes, great price, great fan gear. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Offer expires September 30th, 2017. For SEN America, this is the SEN NFL Podcast. Hello and welcome to the SEN NFL Podcast, the lighter look at the NFL. I'm your host, Richard Garraway. Sitting across the desk from me is my co-host, James Arthur. G'day, mate. How are you, Richard? Very well, thank you. Coming up on today's podcast, we'll hit on all the latest news. We preview the NFC North. Uh, we'll discuss an article written by the Inside the Playbook Australia boys uh, about the best minds in the NFL, but also they took a little bit of a look at college and they not only looked at coaches, but looking at um, some administrators as well. It's a really interesting article. We'll talk about that. And we'll finish off today quickly dropping in on the odds and we'll take a little question time with Jay and Richie to finish us off. Um, we're into our third podcast. We're still here. Yes. Thank goodness. Uh, Gary, who I caught up with during the week, said we wasted 45 minutes of his life last week. So, Gary, shout out to you. I know you're still listening. Let's get over to the newsroom. It's time to go into the newsroom on the SEN NFL podcast. Russell Wilson tweets out, whether it's $25 million or $1.5 million, I'll be ready to go. Yeah. What do you think? I'm um, tipping he won't be playing for Seattle Seahawks for 1.5 million. He'll be ready to go for someone else. Uh, obviously, he's got his last year of his contract. Will be paid 1.5 million, being drafted in the middle of the round. It's obviously a massive bargain for the yep. Seahawks, but it is what you get. You draft savvy, you get that discount. Yep, absolutely. off the minimum wage scale. I, the real question here, I guess, is where do you think they're going to get a deal done before training camp, during training camp? Or he'll play the season out, become unrestricted, and hit the open market? I think it'll come at some point during the regular season. I think once training... Unless it it could come before training camp, but once training camp starts, it kind of becomes concentration time. You don't really want to be talking about your contract and stuff like that, unless the agents keep rolling with it. But, you know, you you see from his comment, 25 million to 1.5 million, it just shows that he really doesn't have anything to do with what's going on. Yeah, and I think... It's all agent-driven. He's going to play regardless. I Absolutely. Mean, he's not the kind of person to sit out. He won't hold out this year, no way. No, I don't think he'd hold out at all. He's He, he understood the contract he signed when he came yep. in. He got the opportunity to start as a rookie. Um, after won a Flynn Super just Bowl. cashed another check and got out of there. Yeah. Obviously won a Super Bowl, went to a second one. Uh, also, $25 million, that'd make him the highest paid quarterback in the league. I don't think he's going to get that kind of money. Well, I, I think he's going to get around the $20 million mark which is kind of the, the league average for quarterbacks. But remember, every year the cap goes up. so And there will be a big burst in cap at the end of this year. Well, I think it's going to be about $140 million, Yeah. Something like so that. So it just depends on what how they value him. His, when you actually go through the numbers, he's not the most impressive quarterback, but he's won a Super Bowl. He's been to another. Now... It's very hard to find a good quarterback. Yeah, he can rally the troops. Exactly, and he's obviously a good guy. People want to play for him, um, play play with him, I should say, not for him. Um, uh, I think he'll get something around the twenty million mark. That's what I'd pay him if I was a GM. But yeah. then again, if he says, "Oh, you know what? That's not enough. I'll hit the free agency." Do you want him to hit free agency? Because I don't think you'll get him back. He won't hit the open market. I don't think he will get something. He'll probably finish up around the fourth or fifth highest paid. Yeah, quote I'd say so. He'll get a. We'll get a better deal uh, than we just saw the Panthers give to Cam Newton. Yep. But it'll be about there. I don't yes. think he'll get Aaron Rodgers' money. No, and he, he, and he certainly won't get a Colin Kaepernick or Andy Dalton type deal where it's all based on output and whatnot. He'll get a pretty fair deal because, you know, I mean, his, his rookie year he played for something like $700,000. Yeah, he, he'll get... Um, He'll get a better contract than the two you've just Absolutely. mentioned because of the output he's given that yep. those two haven't given. Exactly, yep. Uh, still at the Seahawks, uh, Bennett's holding out. Do well, you, it's a possibility, a definite possibility, he's saying. He's, he's playing some games. He's talking pretty serious. Yeah, I, I think he will hold out. He is 
definitely outplayed his contract. You know, he got signed coming coming out of t- from Tampa. Yep. Um, and he was really not that sought after. Signed a one year deal, had a pretty good year, and then signed a I think it was a two or a three year deal. But the money does not match what he's doing, and he's starting to get to, you know twenty eight. He wants to get his money because you just don't know how many years you've got. Yeah, and I think it really comes down to that. Where do you fall as a fan? Most people come down on the side of the team, usually rather than the player. People are going to say, well, he signed his deal, he's outperformed it, all that's all well and good, but you've got a contract. Of course, you take that player side of it, if he hadn't even performed for that lower contract he signed, he'd be cut. Exactly, and be be playing for less money. So that's the thing, the problem, this is, I think, the biggest problem with the NFL contracts are that the teams have so much more power than the players. You know, the players can play awesome on their contract and then go, yeah, we're not giving you any more money. But if they play poorly, they can just cut them and their money's gone. Yeah. It's pretty unfair. So, you know, it's hard to look at it as a fan and someone who is a team guy and plays sport. I can always think, oh, you know, you'd just play, wouldn't you? And do the right thing and deal with it later. But when it's your career and he's going to be finished playing in maybe five years at 33... He needs that money to go a long way afterwards as well. Who knows what his body's going to be like. You know, guys, guys want to get paid. That's a simple thing. Yeah, simple and he thing. could revert back to the kind of player he was when he got that contract. Yeah. You know, and without that production, if he's not getting that production, he's not he's not going to get that bigger contract when he gets to the end of the existing one. Exactly. So I think, I think he's in... I believe he's in the last year of his contract now. So I would say they might give him a little bit, kind of what they did with... Um, Adrian Peterson to give him a little bit to keep him happy and yeah. then and then let him play the year and then deal with it. You'd probably try and restructure somehow we can give him a little bit more this year, add two more years to the back end of it yep. at a good rate. Yep. And that'll probably get it done. Exactly. And the thing is the thing they're gonna think about is if they want him for the near future, if they don't treat him right now, the end of the year he'll leave. So it really gotta weigh up how much guys like him aren't easy to find. Otherwise everyone would be good. Thing. So you're going to weigh up how much you want to keep him. Yeah. Um, now, something that's really near and dear to my heart, I've been following this story a long time. The NFL has tapped the stadiums in LA about the interest of hosting an NFL team for the 2016 season while that team builds a new stadium. I've been following this for a long time. The Jags have looked at going. Um, now, it's, well, now it's the Chargers, Oakland, and St. Louis that have got proposals in to move. Funnily enough, the Chargers and the Raiders, who don't like each other, have managed to get to get on the field, managed to get together to put together a deal that they might go to a new stadium to be built in Inglewood, and that the Rams would build a new stadium. Sorry, the Rams are in Inglewood, the Rams and the Chargers would be out in Carson. The Rose Bowl, the LA Coliseum, Dodger Stadium, Angel Stadium, and even the little StubHub Center, which is where the LA Galaxy soccer team play, have all been tapped to come back to the NFL to give them a proposal of how they could host a team in 2016. For mine, this is a lock. There'll be a team announced week two or three that they're moving to LA. Well, you'd think so. They wouldn't be asking the question if you know they didn't want a team there. So, yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. I, I, it's been coming for a while now. Long while. St. Louis want out. They've got an old, crappy stadium they don't like. They want out. Uh, I think you'll find them. It might be them. They're, uh, all the talk is that they're ahead in their proposals and okay. their planning, and they're probably the most likely team to get that deal done and get moved. That being said, I've been to the Oakland Coliseum, and I've been to whatever the Chargers call their stadium these days. Um, they're old. Yep. They're baseball convert stadium, okay. so they can host baseball. Even well, the though Raiders one of them still doesn't. have the on-to-car the first couple of games. Yep, and it looks absolutely terrible. Yep. Um, but those two stadiums, and to use the nicest term as possible, are a dump. Yep. They're old. They don't have much in the way of luxury boxes. The Oakland Athletics, for example, they put tarps over that entire top deck. Nobody ever sits up there. They don't draw that big a crowd, even though they're a decent team. Yeah. No one's sitting up there. The Raiders are the only ones who can get enough crowd to sit up there. They're the two who I think need this new stadium more than the other two and have them move. Raiders, it makes sense to go back to LA. Um, I think it's a really interesting story. Coming back to the stadiums they're looking at, I don't think they'll play in Dodger Stadium or Angel Stadium. I don't think they could fit the field in with 
what they need around it as well. And they're not designed to be... The seats to be moved and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. And the Angel Stadium, which did, the Rams did play in the older version of it um, when they were in LA, too much has been done to that stadium to really host it properly. It's going to be the Coliseum, the LA Coliseum, I should say, where USC play. Yep. Or it's going to be the Rose Bowl where UCLA play. Okay. The Rose Bowl's been going under a lot of improvements uh, over the last handful of years. New luxury boxes, new press box new seating being changed out. About half of that project's been completed. I think, my personal bet, it'll be the Rams. They'll play in the Rose Bowl for a season, maybe two, while they build their brand new stadium in Inglewood, which isn't far from the Staples Centre, for those who don't know LA very well. Um, And we'll be seeing the LA Rams again. And is that who you would want out of those three? No, I'd want the Chargers. I'd want to see the Chargers. Um, they, they were from LA originally. I think the LA Chargers is a much cooler name. Yep. They got a bigger draw. They're only two hours down the highway, um, down the I-5. And Oakland and St. Louis seem to have a fairly good fan base at this point. Yeah. Whereas San Diego don't. They struggle to sell out their stadium and, and whatnot. And the other advantage the other two would have is they do have some we've been here before fans yeah. who I think would get back on board. I think LA would get back on the Raiders pretty quickly. Yeah, but then don't the Raiders already have a pretty good base of fans in Oakland? Oh, absolutely. Um, but I, I just can't... As I said, that stadium, it's got to be rebuilt. The baseball team want a new stadium as well. LA as a general rule, don't have that much money to put public money into it. Yeah. So, you know, you can't really see it. So, either way, I think we'll see the Rams uh, Rams down there. Um, final note coming out of the news, um, NFL media insider Ian Rappaport has a supplemental draft is set for July 9. Um, there's not really any no names, names that we miss out of there. So, no. um, that'll be held and passed without too much notice. Yeah. Um, coming up next... We'll take a look at the NFC North. Packers took it out last year. We'll see if they can hold on. The NFC North headlined by the Green Bay Packers also had a wild card. The Detroit Lions make it. Uh, Packers took out the division last year 12-4, and made the playoffs. Head coach Mike McCarthy and led by... Probably the best QB in the league, Aaron Rodgers. How do you think they're going to go? Look, I think they're going to continue their winning ways. They haven't lost a lot in the offseason. You know, Tremont Williams, an aging cornerback. They let AJ Hawk walk. The only real young guy they lost was Jarrett Boynkin, who wasn't even starting for them as a slot guy. They've got Cobb to do that. They re-signed Cobb. They re-signed Brian Belaga, the right tackle. They're looking pretty good in, in a lot of those areas. Um, what you need to see is the defense needs to keep improving. Dom Capers, their defensive coordinator, he is a very complicated defense. Guys have trouble picking it up. Uh, you saw Clay Matthews move into strong inside linebacker last year because... Almost a genius move. Yeah, it was a great move. So he's permanently there now. They didn't use him as a pass rusher at times, but bringing his energy and power inside has really helped them. Uh, the, the hard thing is... You know, you see key additions, none. Green Bay don't sign new players in free agency. No, it's all built through the draft. Which makes it difficult for a guy like Dom Capers who wants to keep his guys around for a few years to learn a system, and they can't because every four years he ships them off and brings in the new guys. So you can see where Capers might struggle. You look at their depth chart, though, on offense, they are loaded. There, there is talent everywhere. Aaron Rodgers is the number one quarterback Agreed. in the NFL. Eddie Lacy's a great back, powerful, can catch, can pass, protect. They've got Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobbs. Um, Devontae Adams is tipped to have a huge year. He's really been breaking out. And their O-line is good, good in every area. Um, their left tackle's a young guy. David Baharati, I think it's pronounced. Yeah, I'm glad you had to say that because yeah, I wasn't even going to touch it. That's a hard it. name, but he, he was a, I think he was a rookie last year and had a, had a pretty good year, so... Their O-line's looking to get better. They were Not last year, but the year before, they had the, Aaron Rodgers was sacked the most in the NFL. Last year, they halved the amount of sacks he got from the year before. So they're improving. I can see this team just keep on rolling the way they've been going. Do you still think there's a problem with their secondary? Mm, not as much. I think the problem that they have is pass rush, not their secondary. 
Now, you look, ha-ha, Clinton Dix needs to come to the next level. Now, it's odd that he's the free safety. Basically, the way they look at their safeties is they're caught with two strong safeties. Yeah. They don't have a pure coverage guy. Clinton Dix is known for his, ha-ha, Clinton Dix, what a name also, known for his, you know, he's he's coming down and laying a hit along with Morgan Burnett. That's their thing. So they don't really have that pure coverage guy. They also struggle covering from the inside because Sam Barrington is another, he's a He's a banger of a middle linebacker. He's going to come down and take on a block and stop the run. So Clay Matthews is kind of their only good coverage inside linebacker, yet he's their main pass rusher. So what you're going to need is Julius Peppers to continue from a good season, but he's only getting older, and Nick Perry is really going to have to step up coming into his third year. I think they also need BJ Raji coming off his injury. Yeah, what happened to him? Uh, Well, I mean, the injury set him back. If, If he can get back to something like the production he was putting out, that can solve those problems up front. Yes, absolutely, because then you've got a guy you have to double-team at all times, which allows edge rushers to have one-on-ones. Also, Marquise Daniels, their right end, is a really good young player, very under-the-radar guy. So they've, they've got the pieces. It's whether the pieces can improve and keep going the way they think they will. Ideally, you probably only have to be kind of middle-of-the-defense middle-of-the-league kind of defense for this team to be yeah. successful. And look, I, I think we're picking holes. Yes. Because they're a really good team. Yeah. Um, what do you think their record's going to finish as? I think they will finish 13-3. Give them an extra win. Yep, give them an extra win. I think they're only getting better. They'll win the division, and I think they will make a deep, deep run. Best team in the NFC? Behind the Cowboys, yes. You're an idiot. <laughs> Moving on, Detroit Lions. Um, also made the playoffs last year, finished 11-5. and Head coach Jim Caldwell and led by quarterback Matthew, I'm fit most of the time, Stafford. Um, Stafford. When I was looking at these guys during the week, the record didn't surprise me because there's actually there's a lot of talent a lot of good on, on this team. And they've got a good defense. But when your best defensive player walks out the door through free agency, and quite frankly, for that kind of money, I would have let him go too. Yeah. I don't think you can type that kind of money in anyone who isn't a quarterback. And... And Nick Fairley left as well. Exactly. You've lost your two plugs. You're thinking, uh-oh, there's a big gaping hole up the middle that everybody can run through. Now, they did try to fix these problems um, with Nada from the Ravens and Walker from the Saints. You can't replace somebody like Sue. No, and Nada was Sue before there was Sue. Yes. But there's a reason the Ravens were like, yeah, you yeah, can have See him. you later. There's something... He's getting older now. They might get one really good year out of him. Walker from the Saints, I did some research on him. He hasn't played a lot. He was an undrafted guy, had an okay year last year. He's not going to give you what Sue or Fairley gave. Um, this team is going to rely... You know, they've got... Rasheen Mathis is starting at corner for them. That guy's yeah. old. They are yeah. going to struggle on the back end. Um, Glover Quinn had a great year last year, and so did James in, in, in Head to Bow. But, you know, are they going to be able to get a pass rush? Ziggy is their only pure pass rusher there. Yeah, I think the defense is... It has to take a step back. It's going it, to take well, a step back. Well, it was back. the number two defense overall and the number one rushing defense by over 10 yards a game. It was the number one. The next best was... 12 yards behind them. Yeah. That's a big jump. As I said, with that kind of talent walking out the door, you can't just replace that by bringing other people in. It is an assist. Yeah, elite players can't be replaced by good players. Even good or very good players can't be replaced. I agree. Um, Quick jump over their offense. Stafford, you'd like to think he can come through to get to be a high-quality quarterback or a constant Top 10, top 5. How many Staffords are the bane of our existence, Richard? <laughs> there is another one. <laughs> um, look, he's got the number one target in the game um, in Calvin Johnson. And it doesn't matter where he seems to be double teamed or triple teamed. No, and he, Golden Tate's a real good player too. He had a great year. Look, he'll give you a lot. Um, Bell in the backfield. They also drafted um, another running back in Amir Abdullah yeah, they out like of him. Nebraska. Yep. Now, he's a smaller guy. He's only 5'9", 205. It's a receiver. Um it's good out of the backfield, but he's he's good running back. They also took a guard with their first pick. Tomlinson. Tomlinson. So I'm starting to think they're, well, a, they're addressing a running game. Yeah. Which, which Manny Ramirez is, is going to pump inside, who they traded for from Denver. He's going to pump inside to center. So you're going to be lined up with Riley Reef, Tomlinson, Ramirez, Warford, and, and Waddle, who are all good, other than Ramirez, they're all good young O-linemen, and Ramirez is going to kind of be that guy who holds it all together as the you know, the smart centre. 
you know, Joyt Bell's claiming, I saw a, a Twitter during the week, that, or a tweet during the week, that he's going to run for 1,700 yards this year. Really? I'd say keep dreaming, keep dreaming Joyt. Um, maybe Fitz will draft you in fantasy. It'd be helpful if he did. Yeah, because <laughs> he's an idiot. It'd for the team. Yeah. Um, look, I think they're going to they're going to go backwards a little bit. I agree. Um, yeah, they've they drafted a couple of corners as well to try and add some depth there. They play in a tough division. Yeah, very tough. There's a lot of talent in this division. What do you have them at? I got them going backwards, but not by much. Maybe ten and six. So I have them at I nine think. and seven. I reckon they'll be right around there. Because I think, as you'll see next, I think Minnesota are going to improve a lot, which will hurt them. Yeah, and I just... replace. There's a lot of things people tend to look at when they look at a team from last year. If you look at all the things that went right, ignore that and consider it'll go right again. Yeah. And then you just say, we just need to plug this hole in this hole, we're all good. Some of the things that went so right for Detroit last year, as in their running game defense is just not there anymore. So it's really hard to predict what that will be. I actually think their offense has got enough talent to help oh, cover a lot of that. Absolutely it does. But taking that overall you know, global picture, I think they're going to slide back a bit. So I've got them um, at 10 wins, but I still think they'll be second in the division. And at 10 wins in the NFC, you will probably get a wild card. Yeah, I, you're risking it, but you're you'd, a chance. You'd rather 11, yeah. but you got the chance. Yep, for sure. Third place last year in the north was the Minnesota Vikings. They finished 7-9, and nine, missed the playoffs. Head coach Mike Zimmer and quarterback Teddy Bridgewater going into his third? Second. Second year. Second he was year. a rookie last year. Look, I think they've made some really great additions. They didn't lose anything that important. They lost the starting guard, who wasn't really playing that well. Anyway, um, Greg Jennings, who was a bit past it. They re-signed some good players. They bought over Mike Wallace from Minnesota. Oh, from where was he? Miami, sorry. Yep. Um, and they signed Juwan Harris, who was at Green Bay, backup quarterback in Sean Hill to backup Teddy. I think it's all going to come and go on the way Teddy improves. He had a really great year last year. They have got. I think he a little had, known I don't guy know called I'll, Adrian Peterson back. I don't, I'm not going to hang on. I'm going to pull you back a bit. I'm not letting you get away with having a really good year. A pretty good year, I said. I think he had a okay year. He was the best rookie quarterback as by a rookie. long way. But we know that's not enough. You look around what he has to throw to. Talk about the average brigade. Yep, they're going to need Mike Wallace to get back to his Pittsburgh Steelers form of getting deep. And they're going to need Kadaryl Patterson to pull his finger out and actually want to play football. Rudolph has got to get back in the... Yeah, he's got to get healthy. For a while he was in that discussion with the really good tight ends... That's not really there anymore. No, it's not. He made a couple of Pro Bowls, and I think he hurt himself, and he's dropped off a little bit. But he hasn't had a great quarterback until now, or an okay quarterback till now. I think the the biggest player on this offense and needs to improve for this team to be successful is Matt Khalil, the left tackle. He had a great rookie year. He made Pro Bowl. He was outstanding. Since then, he has been terrible. If he's to refine that form and be a Pro Bowl sort of left tackle... All of a sudden, this O-line looks really, really strong. While we're talking about their O-line, um, Aussie-born David Yankee's got a real chance to start. Yeah, he should start. He should definitely start, and that's that's exciting. And we'll, still, we'll still claim him as an Australian, even though... Oh, he's an Australian. He yep. left when he was eight, and I think he now is officially a US citizen as well. No, he's, he's um, ours. But he's we'll, ours. We'll, we'll claim we'll him. Take it. If anyone's listening, and David, if you want to come on the podcast, you just contact me at Richard03 on Twitter, and we'll get you right on. I'm sure he's listening right now, and we'll, we'll get in contact I with agree. you. I agree. Flipping over the other side... Um, their D's got a lot of good players, but really only one great one in Smith at strong safety. Harrison Smith's a very elite player. I think the the strength of this defense is in their run defense, and it comes from Sharif Floyd and Linville Joseph inside. Everson Griffin's also a very underrated. He's not a 20-sack-a-season guy, but he's your 12-sack-a-season, and he plays the run really well. Very consistent. Yep, incredibly consistent. They've got my man Terrence Newman starting at left cornerback. He is my all-time favorite player, ex-cowboy. Love Terrence Newman. He's a bit old. I think you'll see Trey Waynes start for him. He was not okay. He was a gun in the day. You just leave him alone. I didn't say in the day. I said this year. Yes, he's not great now. If they can get average production out of him, they'll... They'll be happy. They won't be happy, but yep. they'll take it. I think he'll be their fourth corner. I think you'll find Trey Waynes will end up starting for them, the, the rookie they took in the first round. Um, Captain Middle, um, Mullen will pick up the slot. Xavier Rhodes, also a really, really good young corner. Also, 
Eric Kendricks, middle linebacker, Michael Kendricks from the Eagles' brother, really high on him at the moment. Now, you put him alongside Anthony Barr, who had a really good rookie so year. You reckon he'll start over Cole? Absolutely. As yep. a rookie? Yeah, they reckon he is a superstar. They think Cole will actually slide to strong inside and take Chad Greenway's spot. I think you'll find Chad Greenway won't even make the roster. No. He's still getting paid pretty well. I think they'll cut him. Yeah, they can probably save a bit of cap space if they do it. Yeah, I think they will. Uh, Actually, I, they I, might even do that at the next round of I'd say so. Cuts, yeah. yeah. I think I think he'll be gone. So, you know, they've got they've got a good good safeties. Their defense is really good. I think that's what their strength is going to be and then it's all going to come down to whether Teddy can can get it going in the right direction. I got a funny feeling you've got them on the upswing. What do you reckon their final record will be? I have them at 10 and 6 this year. So, they're going to win three extra games. I think they've done enough to improve. They also which we didn't, we fleeted past Adrian Peterson's back, who is, he's an okay back. You know? We all know who Adrian Peterson is. Exactly. He's been out of football for a while. Yeah, but I reckon he can whip his way back into the offense. Most people are just saying that he's he's just going to slot back. Oh, you're laughing at your own joke? <laughs> no, I'm not. Come on, man. Yeah. Everyone's just saying that he's just going to slot back in and we're going to get 2,000 um, and 12, 13 Adrian Peterson. I think we will. I don't think we will. I'm buying in. I'm buying in hard. I think they'll finish 10-6, and six, and I think they'll be second in the division. All right. Well, I'll uh, take on the Chicago Bears. 5-11 and 11 they finished last year. Finished the year on a five-game losing skid. New head coach, John Fox, from Denver quarterback, Jay Cutler. You just Cutler. want to yawn when you hear John Fox? He really had that Panthers defense flying when he was there. But speaking of that, they're going to transition from a 4-3 to a 3-4. Yep. Now, when that happens, your D is going to stink for at least one year, probably two, because you don't have the personnel to make that change. It's hard to get them all in one year. Yeah, the Rangers can make that flip because we're just an amateur team going, you know, changing your defensive front. Yep. In the NFL, people really don't understand the difference between an end in a 3-4 and an end in a 4-3. It is completely different. They are completely different positions. Oh, absolutely they are. Yeah, they're, 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 To put it into an easier way for people to understand who don't know as much about football, a 3-4 a defensive end is more similar to a 4-3 defensive tackle. So you'll find most defensive tackles who play in a 4-3 system, which is four down linemen, three linebackers, they will be better suited to defensive ends in the 3-4, which is three down linemen, four linebackers. And you use your outside linebackers as basically stand-up defensive ends who are hard rushers. Um, you, know, you have to laugh. You see Jared Allen going to be lining up at outside linebacker. That guy can't play outside linebacker. He's an end. Yeah, uh, and he won't start. No, I don't think he will. They'll use, him as a, they'll use him as a pass rusher. Um, they've got some okay players. Lamar well, Houston's a good end, but he's, is he going to be an okay outside linebacker? I don't think so. And that's the, that's the real thing. I think their D is going to go backwards in a big way, making yep. this transition. It might be the right decision long term. But yeah, this year it'll But this year it's going to be really hard. Look, They have no linebackers that can run this system. No, they added McPhee. They added safety answer on roll. Um, and they added Eddie Royal to try and replace the Brandon Marshall who was traded out to New York. Yeah, I I think this team, one the D's going to give up a lot. I think I think they're probably going to give up an average of a, you know handful of scores every week. So the offense has got to recover that. Jay Cutler has got that ridiculous contract that nobody wants to take on, including the Bears. Yeah. When they signed that, everyone was saying that's a bad contract and it's going to come back to get you. That hasn't changed. He's got Al Al uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah. On the outside, and he's now got Eddie Rowe. okay O-line as well. I yep. they he, said they were saying Kyle Long's probably going to move to right tackle. Yeah, and, and he'll have Bennett at tight end as well, and you've still got Matt Forte. And they added Kevin White in the draft early. Which was a a good selection, if you ask me. And he'll play on the other side. So Can cut, he play slot? You're, you're a college guy. Yeah, he, is, is he, he, a can play, he can play all over the field. That West Virginia system is that. Um, still from the Rich Rodriguez spread, they okay. still run that so style. So he, he would play everywhere. So he can play college. all over the field. Yep. He can run the little bubble receptions and things like that, run yep. those screens. I think their offense is actually going to be okay. The problem is if they score four times a game, it's probably not going to be enough. No, the, the defense is going to really struggle. Like They've got Alan Ball starting at corner at this point. Oh, that's not good. The Jaguars cut him. The Jaguars cut him. Yes. But... It's it's going to be a 
I think it's all going to come down to Cutler. If Cutler was to have some sort of resurgence and have an awesome season, a Pro Bowl season, they probably get around anywhere between eight and ten wins. But and he's uh, got the talent if he's in the mood. Absolutely, he's got a cannon of an arm and even better looking girlfriend. So I, I think he will really. I just don't think he's going to get any better. I just think he's going to. He's starting to decline. I think if if they can money. get a couple of years ago production out of him, they could be okay. I think the offense could be fine, but once again, it, it, it's like the Rams' greatest show on turf. You're going to have to be in shootouts every week. Yeah, you know, I think they're going to have to outscore everybody. Yeah. And eventually, um, they come up. Even if they were to have a good season, scrape into the playoffs, whatever, and come up against Seattle, they're not going to put 35 points on Seattle. Yeah, and I don't think they can do it to a lot of the other defenses they're going to face. In or the Detroit, North. Detroit. I don't think they can. You know, Detroit are pretty good defense. Like, even Minnesota are a good defense yeah. now. And you're not going out to those venues in late. Um, late in the season, to sling the ball around, throwing the ball over yeah, the park. Yeah, you're right. And their their O line's not a great run blocking O line. And you can't do it at um, Soldier Field either, because I've been there at Christmas time. It's really cold. Yeah, <laughs> it's a yeah. horrible place to be. So look for Matt Forde to have another huge year, getting a ton of little cheap receptions. Yeah, if you're into fantasy, take pick, him early. Pick up Forde. He's yeah, a gun. He's a good player. And Elshon Jeffrey's pretty good too. But I've got them going backwards. I I, I don't trust Cutler. And I certainly don't trust that defense. They could only finish with three wins. Three wins, yeah. I, I didn't have them dropping that much. I had them losing one more game. I think they'll think they'll finish four and twelve, and I think they'll be right down there for top top five pick and start to rebuild that defense. Okay, so have you got the four of them finishing, mate? I have Green Bay number one, Minnesota number two, just over Detroit at number three. They, those two are really they could go way. either way. And, yeah, Chicago down well well down the bottom. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same. I think the Pack are probably going to be the best team in the NFC. Um, yep. i got the Lions holding their holding serve in their spot. I think the Vikings will be just behind them. I don't know if Teddy can do enough. Yep. And the Bears and that defense, I'm super concerned about it. Um, I think it's going to put them last. They could go really backwards from there. Um, that wraps up the NFC North. Next week we'll have the NFC... Uh, sorry, the AFC North. Um, next, we'll be taking a look at an article by the Inside the Playbook guys, the best minds in football. Um, little preview, the most hated coach in the NFL is number one. In 2015, SCN America have had the Inside the Playbook Australia team jump on board. The guys will be writing an article for us each week, providing content not only throughout the preseason, but throughout the season as well. You can find the guys at ITPB Australia. Also head to SCN.com.au to find the article. The first article they've done for us is the best minds in football. They've taken a look back at around the last 10 to 15 years and put together a list for us. We'll start at 10, work our way to number 1, never do it in reverse order. Number 10, they've put Ozzie Newsom, General Manager, Baltimore Ravens. Look, obviously Ozzie is a really good GM. He's done a lot of great things for that team. You know, the Baltimore Ravens are a team that's always pretty good. They don't really have much regression. They always stay around the mark. They won a Super Bowl a few years ago. Don't ruin their cap either. No, they never ruin their cap. They make smart contracts. Yeah, he's a good mind. My issue with, if you're going with GMs as well, I think I would have had Ted Thompson in there. Yeah, and I probably would have gone for Bill Polian. From Colts? But he also, let's not forget, he built that um, Bills four trips to the Super Bowl. Yeah, he did too. And if they'd won one or two of those, his reputation would be even higher. I know that's going back a little more, but. Yeah, the the reason I like Ted Thompson is because he never signs free agents. Ever. He just drafts well every year. Not necessarily in the first round, but the late rounds, he drafts really well and builds a team from the inside. He builds them the right way, doesn't go and overpay for guys, keeps. Pays the guys he likes and keeps them around, and yeah, other he, drafts. He's very good at finding starters in the fourth, fifth, yeah. sixth rounds. Yep. He probably does that better than most. Um, but it is hard to argue. I mean, Newsom has certainly, um, you know, built a team that is always there. Exactly. You don't see him bottoming out. No, you're right. You know, they're not. It, it, they're it, not it is an undeserved. I just would have liked Ted Thompson there instead, or you know, or somewhere else in that list. If you have GMs, that's all. Mm. Uh, number nine, Josh McDaniels, offensive coordinator, New England Patriots. 
Well, he, he's actually formally known as Bill Belichick's minion. <laughs> I don't like Josh McDaniels on this list at all. It's the only one I strongly disagree with. Tell me why, mate. He went to Denver and failed running Bill Belichick's system. Then went crawling back to daddy. Please help me, dad. I can't run your system without you. I need a job. Yeah. And now he's successful again back in New England. It, clearly... He's working under Bill Belichick, who who knows, might be on this list at some point later. And Tom but, Brady. And Tom Brady. Like, he's got the best job in the world. Anyone could be a coordinator for that team. I don't like it. I don't like Josh McDaniels. He drafted Tim Tebow, who's an idiot. There's another one. He drafted, he drafted Tim, Tim Tebow. Tebow in the first round when everyone <laughs> said, do not draft him. He is a great football mind. Didn't he trade when, up as well? Yeah, he's a moron. So even when, when Bill Belichick is there, yeah, he's, he's a great mind when Bill Belichick's telling him what to do. Other than that, don't want to borrow him. Fair enough. I'm sure the uh, the boys at Inside the Playbook will have a retort for you. Uh, number eight, Jim Harbaugh, University of Michigan, and formerly of the 49ers. Look, I think you've got a bit more insight on me than this. He, he seems to burn out his welcome a lot. Yeah, he's, he's a burn and churn. Nobody will get more out of the players they've got than Jim Harbour. In a he, short time period, Yeah, though. he rides you hard, he rallies the troops, he gets the buy-in, but he is so full-on all the time. There's never an off-switch, there's never a downtime. You would never call him a player's coach. No. But he turns you around, turns you around fast. He couldn't get a job as a coach. He went to Division Two San Diego, turned him around yep. overnight, started making them good. That parlayed his role at Stanford... The Ducks that were running around controlling the Pac-12, all of a sudden, he's there. He was knocking them off yeah. every year, every year, and going to with BCS Andrew Luck, which was look. He had luck, helps. which obviously helps. But he's obviously a very good football coach. Can't do it and on his own. You and know, a good recruiter because he brought yeah, them in. Absolutely, that, so he's a pretty good mind, I'd say. Yep, that brought his job into the NFL, took over the 49ers, and he turned them around. Very quickly. They were a dumpster fire, fair to Man, say. Mike Singletree, one of the greatest linebackers of all time. Just <laughs> yeah, terrible, he, terrible coach. He said, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, and left. Yeah. He turned them around. Yeah. But at each stop, he wore his welcome out. He burns his people out to the point where the situation at the 49ers was untenable. He, yeah. He had to go. He becomes now, tiresome somewhat. And he's gone to where I think he's suited best, back into the college game. Yep. Because every kid he recruits as a freshman this year, he can ride them as hard as he wants, and, and four three years, years later, they're gone. they're gone. Yeah, exactly. So now, you know, you'll probably find a lot of guys not staying for their senior year, but also yep. when they get to the NFL and make money because he coached them, they'll probably end up going, yeah, you know, he's a great guy to coach. He gets to the NFL. Yeah. And Michigan have been bad for a while. Yep. Ohio State has owned them. That is bad news in Big Ten country. Especially, you know, as Michigan fans, they won't put up with it. Yep. When 110,000 turn up at the big house, they expect to win and compete all the time. It's the most winningest program in college football. I think he's the right choice there. He is a good mind and he deserves to be on this list, um, but he can burn his welcome out quick. Yeah, absolutely. Number seven, Dick LeBeau, defensive coordinator. Love this guy. Yeah, oh, me too. I, I, think, I actually think he could, probably could have been a little bit lower down. Uh, he basically pioneered it, but he perfected the 34 defense. And he perfected it in the terms of not just sending his outside guys. He drops D linemen into coverage. He sends middle linebackers. He sends corners. He he created this defense called the Psycho, where they yep. line up with one big nose tackle, and the rest are linebackers running around, and you don't know who's coming and where they're coming from. He took the Pittsburgh Steelers defense and made it Dominant for a very long time, won them a couple of Super Bowls. Number six, Monty Kiffin, Ugh. former Dallas Cowboys assistant coach, former USC defensive coordinator, former say. Tennessee. I have one thing to say on this. Tampa Bay was a long time ago. Yeah, that Super Bowl, which I occasionally do put the DVD in, was a long time ago. Look, he certainly, he didn't invent the Tampa 2, but he certainly perfected it Absolutely. and gave it its name, he along with Dungey. They built, that was one of the best defences for a long, long time with Sapp, Brooks, Barber at the, uh, at the corner. Tiki Barber? Was, that was a running back. Rondo yeah, Barber. Rondo Barber. Rondo Barber. And that defence was outstanding. Was John Lynch there? Yeah, the strong safety. safety. Yeah. So the biggest thing I think 
here's where my argument with this one falls down. He was unable to change to the modern game. When he went to college coaching with his son, first stop at Tennessee, they just got shredded. Yeah. That Tampa 2 cannot handle the modern spread. You're relying on linebackers to cover slot receivers. And it was the same when he came to Dallas, and I had the pleasure of watching every one of those games the year he was Dallas' defensive coordinator. They sucked. They were the worst defense ever. And, you know, I don't think we should say that he's not a good mind because his defense doesn't work anymore. Because certainly when he, when he was in his prime, it did work very well. And it was the best defense but going around. it's dead now. You know, it's gone. You don't even Lovey Smith. He's not running that anymore. No. Who kind of he took that from? Uh, well, from he, he was part of that going, coaching tree exactly. As well. So you even see him 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 going to a to a different scheme now. So you know what? It, it, I probably would have had him maybe up a bit higher on the list. You know, I think Jim Harbaugh and definitely Dick LeBeau could have jumped him. But you know, we shouldn't say he's not smart because his scheme doesn't work anymore because it certainly did in the day. Yeah. Number five, the man of the moment, Chip Kelly, head coach, Philly Eagles. Yeah, talk about getting sucked into the hype. <laughs> Look, I know you don't like because you don't like the Eagles. He, when he first started coaching, was um, up in New Hampshire, coaching Division Two football. New Hampshire, live free or die. Great state motto. Um that parlayed his job into offensive coordinator at Oregon, then he took him over as head coach. One thing about Chip Kelly, I even struggled to call him an innovator. He didn't invent that offense. Obviously, it was being run by people like um, Urban Meyer and, and Rich Rodriguez at the college level really successfully. He certainly changed the way that read option would work. They started reading backside linebackers yep. rather than ends, and they changed a few things here and there. He had a lot of success, but he's never climbed the mountaintop. No, and taking an offense, making it incredibly vanilla, and then speeding it up doesn't make you a great mind in my book. I think he's a successful coach, and I think he's a good coach, but I don't necessarily think he's worthy of the number five in the greatest minds of the NFL. And there's a lot of guys better than him, because all he's done is taken something pretty basic and made it really quick so defenses struggle to pick it up. Yeah, and look, time will tell. If he wins will, two Super Bowls, we'll just have to show He up. might have to come down number three or four yeah. then. Number four, Pete Carroll, head coach, Seattle Seahawks. One of the few coaches who've won a college national title and a Super Bowl. Yeah, he obviously knows what he's doing. He's a very player's coach. Gets them all to buy in. I think he does that better than just about anyone. Yeah, absolutely. But he's had his fails before as well. I think he failed in New England yep. pretty dramatically. Uh, I don't know. Is is being a good players coach and getting guys to like you and want to play for you make you a good mind? I think in this day and age, I reckon it really does. Yep. The power is not with the coach anymore in most sports the in the US. It's Yeah, it's with the players. Yep. And if they're not happy and they want to leave, you start running out players pretty quick and your yep. GM's going to get pretty fed up with you pretty fast. Yeah, sure. Um, just ask Jim Harbour about that. Yeah. So he's certainly built a hell of a defense up there. And that is his side of the ball. Um, and he, I think he's really smart, and he puts good people around him yep. with his assistant coaches. And it's hard to argue with a guy with a Super Bowl ring on one hand and a national title on the other. Yeah, absolutely. Even though I think technically the NCAA took it off him. But no, I, they didn't. I watched that game. I know who won. <laughs> yeah. I saw it. Um, number three, Urban Meyer, Ohio State University. Before that, a national title winner last year. Florida national title winner twice, and before that, he had Utah, the Utes, as a team that was up and about top ranked, yeah, running okay. that system all the way up in there. Um, with our man Alex Smith, I think he is. If it wasn't for someone else who we're about to come to on this list, he would be the best college coach by so far. It wouldn't be funny. I said I'm. I'm not a great big college fan, but obviously he's. His repertoire speaks for itself. He's won a lot of games, a lot of big games with a lot of different schools, which is pretty impressive. Now, he had Tim Tebow with him in Florida who... Did it with Chris Lake too. Exactly. He's done it with a lot of players, so I would definitely agree with him being up there if it wasn't for the the next two to come. Yeah, and I think college suits him down the ground. I don't think you'll ever see him in the NFL. No. Um, 
yeah, he took a couple of years off, had some health problems. There are a few stains around that Florida team that he ran. You know, let's not forget our mate uh, from New England who's incarcerated right now Pistol was on Hernandez. that team. They're, they had a lot of arrests. Yeah. He just coached for... Uh, sorry, he recruited for straight talent, didn't care about their background, would work it out. Um, Cam Newton was kicked off that program for stealing oh, a laptop too, yeah. and diving out of the window. We know what you look like. All those sorts of things... He had a lot of problems there. Apparently, when he took his couple of years off, went back to Ohio State, he was going to totally change the way he did it, wins a national title immediately that they're eligible. And he never had much problem on the field. No. Number two, Nick Saban, head coach, University of Alabama, won national titles much like um, Urban Meyer at two different schools. He came out of the Belichick he did. Coaching tree when they were both at the Browns together. He's been out long enough, though, to just clearly see that he stands on his own. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah. What can you say about him? All he does is win. Yeah. Every year, Alabama just gets slotted into the top five for the pre-season yeah. AP poll. Exactly. I, I think he's obviously a terrific mind. He knows how to motivate his players and make them want to play for him. I don't think you'll ever see him back in the NFL, much like Urban Meyer. He had his stint there. Oh, he'll struggled. never go back now. So he'll stay at Alabama till the day he decides he wants to retire. He's the, he's the highest paid um, government employee in the state of Alabama. Wow. By so far. Yeah. It's not even funny. And deserved. They just keep throwing money at him. He'll never leave there. He'll finish there. He might get an un- another national title before he goes. Um, but they're going to compete every single year. Yep. Brings us to number one. I'd asked for a drum roll, but it didn't sound very good on the pod last week. So, <laughs> number one, Bill Belichick, head douchebag at the New England Patriots. Hey, hey, <laughs> you back off Billy cheat, cheat check. I mean Belichick. Look. Can't argue with the record. <laughs> All he does is win. <laughs> He's just a winner. You look at his assistant coaches that are now NFL head coaches. Romeo Cronell was with Cleveland. Josh McCrapules, <laughs> Daniels, Josh McDaniels. Eric Mangini had a good stint. He's now in 49er land being their D coordinator, watching his career end. Nick Saban, Jim Schwartz, yep. and Bill O'Brien, who's now at Houston and had a really successful college career. He's obviously a great coach. Players love him. Now, I think we get the false idea of him with the media because he just doesn't like the media. Yeah, he just doesn't talk to them. Yeah, he just doesn't want to. But I think the amount of players that love him you're going to find that he's a pretty player-friendly guy. Uh, But in saying that, you don't do what he wants, he'll just cut you and find someone else. Don't be late to a meeting. Yes. He gets sent home. That poor running back. He's never going to get to play again for being two minutes late to a meeting. Don't be late. After a 200-yard game. Don't be late. Yeah. No, I I definitely agree with Bill Belichick. Number one, he's he's a superstar. I do too. And whenever they let anyone go or they trade him or cut him, you immediately go, well, he's hopeless or he's terrible because they wouldn't let him go exactly. if he was a good player. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, really quickly, mate, that brings us to the end of the list. A couple I think they've left out. Sean Payton yes, for agreed. one, and Bruce Arians yep. is another one I think yeah. they've probably missed out And on. you can do the, your research on those guys, but their, their, rep, their reputation speaks for themselves as well. Yeah, I think Sean Payton's one of the best play callers in the NFL, if not the. Absolutely. I certainly loved him when he was at Dallas, and we miss him now. Yeah, and, and the argument for Bruce Arians... Well, he won three yeah. coaches of the year... Two, two coach of the year in a row, but then the year before he won assistant coach of the year as interim head coach for Chuck Pagano, who who had cancer. So he's basically won it three years in a row. Um, he's pretty impressive. Yeah, absolutely. So if you've got some comments on that one, be sure to tweet at us at SEN America. Also bring in uh, the boys at Inside the Playbook at ITPB Australia. Um, include them as well. They'll give us a new, a new article for next week. Uh, coming up next, take a quick look at some Rookie Offensive of the Year MVP prices, and we'll do question time with J.A. and Richie. As we dive quickly into the odds, 2015 NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year market. The obvious, obvious one is Jameis Winston, $6. I'll have me some of that. What do you reckon? I won't. Fair enough. Who do you like? I really like Amari Cooper from the Raiders. The talk of him already running um, NFL routes, he's already the go-to guy. The only thing that will stop him is if the quarterback car can't get it to him, but I think he'll have a really good year. He's a big chance. Car's got a big arm. The other one I like is TJ Yeldon, $13. 
down in Jacksonville. We know the Jags aren't very good, but I reckon Yeldon's got the carries, and I reckon he's got the talent. He could break out enough that he gets noticed and can win the award. Yeah, and their O-line's going to be okay there, so I think I could definitely see that happening. Um, I then have Devin Funches, the big wide receiver from the Panthers, six foot five, big long arms. He's he's fantastic. I, I can see people rolling their coverage to stop having a mental blank on their other receiver from last year. Someone else will think of it. The, the, the other big guy, um, and then him him just cleaning up down in one on one coverage, much like Mike Evans did last year. Yeah, and at thirty four dollars, there is plenty of value there. Some other five, ones you, five bucks on it. Yeah, the other ones you might want to have a quick look at. Uh, Kevin White, thirteen dollars. Melvin yep. Gordon, seven. Todd Gurley at eight. Marcus Mariota at nine. I don't think Mariota can. No, me you know, neither. The other one I like. The other one, quick one. Philip Dorsett at thirty-four dollars from the Colts. Again, he's going to he's going to draw single coverage a lot, and he's a slot guy. He could easily get that. Yep. Okay, question time. I'm sure next week Chris, our producer, will have a new drop for us, but we'll get this underway. Uh, tweet us your questions. Use the hashtag. Hashtag SEN NFL Podcast. Be sure to use it. First one, shout out to uh, A-Rap on Twitter. Um, Asked us about the Minnesota Vikings performing this season. Uh, as we mentioned a little earlier, you and I have both got them about, you know, about, about that 10-9-10 win yeah, mark. Yeah, 9-10 wins, yeah. Um, and Adam Moreno has got the Johnny Football predictions. Will Brian Hoyer start week one or will Johnny Football start week one? Well, I don't play for the same team anymore. Hoyer's at the Texans. I've misread. He's looking for a Johnny Football prediction. And will Brian Hoyer start week one at the Texans? I think, I hope, but I, I hope not, but I think Hoyer will start. And I actually think Johnny Football will bounce back, and I hope he, do, I hope he does. His other quick question was, will Adrian Peterson be at his best? Yes, I think he will be. I just can't see it. I really can't. Remember when he did his knee and everyone doubted him? I doubted him then. I'm not. I'm not taking that. I'm not doubting him again. I'm backing him this time. I know he's not coming off an injury, but it's a long time between games. Yeah, but it's not like he's been hurt and he's been working out. He's healthy and he's got a chip on his shoulder. He's certainly been working that right arm. That's for sure. <laughs> um, another question from at Lisey Thorpe on Twitter. Lisey Can Thorpe? anyone nice. threaten the Packers? What do you think of their wide receiver depth? No one can threaten the Packers. Certainly not in the division. No. Oh, in, in the NFL, yes, I think Seattle can. And I think my boy, the Cowboys, can. They should have beaten them last year, but the catch was catch, was catch, was catch. And I think their wide receiver depth is very good. Yeah, it's probably the elite group in the NFL. Cobb, Nelson, Devonta Adams are going to have a huge year, and they'll have some other rookie sitting there pinching at everyone's heels wanting to play. Yeah, I- Tight ends are the only spot that really lets them down. Yeah, I think they can win it all. I really do. So I, do I. I think they're the class of the NFC. I think they can take it. Um, I think they can go all the way this year. They're certainly going to win the North without any dramas. Yep. That brings us to the end of today's show. Thanks very much for listening. Um, you've been on the SEN NFL podcast. Be sure to get over to www.sen.com.au for all their other great um, sound bites, not only about the NFL, about all of everything else in sport. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at SEN America and you can head over to the website to get all the latest podcasts. Um, for the guys at Inside the Playbook Australia, for James Arthur, for our producer, Chris Tyler, who's behind the glass, I'm Richard Garraway. Thanks for listening.